Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. Beauties, you do not need me to tell you that modern life is busy and stressful. And stress does a number on the body, impacting all of our systems, our mind, our muscles, our overall health. My guest today helps us radically rethink how we tackle stress in our body and manage overall health and longevity. Please meet Anna Ray, the creator of GST Body, which is a body management system designed to optimize the health of your fascia. The connective tissue system that runs through your body and surrounds every organ, muscle, fiber, and nerve. Your health and your fascia are inextricably linked. Anna works with top athletes, doctors, and clients around the world through her online programs and in-person, and has been featured in various publications from Shape to Elle, Net-a-Porter to Goop and the Wall Street Journal. She joins me today to share the link between healthy fascia and active aging and longevity. If you want new tools to better care for your body or fresh ideas for combating the stress and tension that can take root in your body, or if you're thinking, what the heck is fascia? I have no idea what Katie is talking about. Stick around. This show is for you. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. It's really fun to be here. You did a very good job of of capturing fascia in a very short amount of time. Uh, I'm so glad because I I learned a little bit because I did hit the Google yesterday. I really wanted to explore this. I've seen articles about it. I've seen it on Goop. I've read about it in Well and Good. And I'm really excited to um, learn more about it, learn how um, working with movement medicine and and tools to fix and, you know, care for our fascia can help us age vibrantly and, and mitigate mm-hmm. pain, which is something that I know uh, we have more of sometimes in midlife. But I, I would love to just start with some stage setting before we do our deep dive. How did you right. get into this line of work and what made you launch GST Body? Oh my gosh, great question. I'm going to try to take 25 years and put it into a five-minute soundbite. <laughs> you can have more uh, than five minutes. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, I um, have a really interesting relationship to aging because I was 18 and I was living in a body that felt like I was 80. And this really isn't an exaggeration. I had extreme, um, complicated, multi-symptom body problems. And some of them were as simple as like, I was super stiff, really rigid. I was a professional dancer, a certified Pilates um, person who was certified in multiple different styles of Pilates. I had studied yoga, um, but my body was just um, kind of rebelling and being angry with me. And so some of the symptoms would be like, I would feel on certain days, like I had um, gone and done the hardest workout of my life, the kind where you can't like lift your shirt off over your shoulders or you have a hard time sitting down in the toilet. I'm just super sore. And then other days I would have digestive issues that would just be really complicated. And I'd go to doctors and have them try to uh, figure out if I had IBS, I'd have a colonoscopy. They'd be like, everything looks fine. We're not really sure why you're suffering like this. And there was kind of like more scary symptoms where um, it would affect my respiratory system. And I would like go out running through Golden Gate Park um, one day and feel super athletic, like a trained marathon runner. And I was a good runner. But literally two to three days later, I'd go do the exact same run and I felt like a 10 pack a day smoker. And I'm like, why are my symptoms so volatile? And why does it feel like I'm kind of captured inside my body? Like I'm wearing a straight jacket and on the inside are sharp and blunt um, poking objects that are constantly kind of agitating me and um, hurting me. And I would notice that these flare ups would kind of accompany different things like um, with my um, training um, in my dance or uh, working and doing certain things in Pilates. And so I just kind of started at the age of 18 when I 
was understanding that it was so diverse that like all specialists do is kind of narrow their focus and like only focus on one thing and trying to get to a simple diagnosis. And I'm like, wait, I've got to start opening this aperture because no one's really talking about how they could be related. And so I really spent kind of the next, um, I guess, 25 years, 20 years um, diving really deep into fascia. And I had had introductions a little bit to fascia in my Pilates training. I had um, also kind of been aware of a fascia through like rolfing and manual bodywork therapy techniques. Of course, you know, you go through Pilates and you can't not know what a foam roller is. And Feldenkrais was kind of like um, uh, big in the early nineties um, or mid nineties when I was um, doing that. And so the Feldenkrais roller really came out. And so I just started studying a bunch of dis different disciplines from East to West, trying to throw anything I could um, learn at this. And I knew early on that it was fascia that I was working with because it wasn't muscles and it wasn't bones. I could feel that something else was holding me back and restricting. And it, in my head, I was like, I wonder if this could be fascia. But at the time there wasn't a lot of fascia um, like research other than like anatomy trains. And a lot of the stuff I was experiencing was quite different than what I was studying out there. So I just, I don't know, like talk about weird and fringy fascia. I went into it really deep um, and started finding these things that were um, very different. I would like do things that were completely opposite to what I'd been taught in Pilates and yoga and my fitness workouts and dance. They all shared like common principles that anytime I did them, I would have these deep flare ups that would last me for a couple of days to weeks. And then I would do go back to what I was practicing in my own, you know, kind of trying to release and um, I would find reprieve. And so I started teaching this to my clients. I was teaching Pilates at the time and had a Pilates studio in San Francisco. And I started seeing incredible changes in all different levels of physiology. And I started kind of getting known for not just like fitness and workouts, but like complicated things like how do you get nerve pain to stop, you know, and someone would come to me and their arms had been in nerve pain for a couple of years and they were facing a second surgery. And I would teach them like three simple things and their nerve pain would die down and they could cancel their surgery. And then I'd have people who had digestive issues or incontinence issues. And it was just kind of interesting because I would just use movement. And I thought that I was kind of doing Pilates, but doing it differently. And then I started really realizing, whoa, I am not doing anything <laughs> like yoga or Pilates. And that's how GST kind of came out is that I was like, I sat down one weekend with my sister and I'm like, we have to kind of really, she was working with me at the time she was a Pilates teacher. And I said, let's try to qualify and quantify what we're doing and what are actual physical techniques, what's technology here and what's like, you know, different principles of movement or different teaching pedagogy kind of things. And uh, we came out with this fact that there's like five different things that we do that are really specifically driven towards fascia and the physiology because fascia doesn't just respond to anything. It's very highly sophisticated in terms of what it wants to um, uh, respond to and how it's going to remodel. I also was really interested in changing my entire body and it started with the pain, but then I was like, well, if I can get rid of my IBS, could I change the length of my leg and the shape of my quad? And so I dipped, dipped into the aesthetic side too. Wow. I can, and I am so answer. excited to explore this. This is like, I, yeah. I am amazed by what you, what you discovered. I love the fact that you, you said you, you really opened the aperture and took a wider lens at looking at your body beyond you know, the very narrow scope of what maybe a medical expert wants to work on. And we're going to talk about those five things that, that you do and how you sort of change your fascia um, and explore some of the, the modalities that you do with patients. 
But let's let's just take a minute now. And I know I gave a very top line overview of what fascia was when we when we started the show when I introduced you. But for our listeners, as a starting point, you know what is fascia for somebody who's unfamiliar with the term, and why is this connective tissue so integral to our health? I like to just make clarification that fascia is the easy term and the popular term, and it's just referring to a type of body tissue. It's kind of as a generic term as saying, my shirt is made from cotton. And it is this fabric type material that does a lot of amazing things for your body. If you look at it just through a tissue lens, it connects all the body parts and body systems. It protects as a shock absorber and glides and eases friction. It's also deeply involved in your autonomic nervous system and immune response. It organizes and keeps like track of your organs and muscle shapes and body system. It synchronizes all of your electrochemical and mechanical functions. It irrigates with total cellular tissue organ hydration. It lubricates and reduces frictions on organ and protects that way on the deep physiology. But what makes it even more significant is when you take the look of fascia and apply it to the whole body system. And so fascia organizes into an entire body system like your digestive system that comes with organs. But these are not these are not like mast organs like your heart or your kidney or your colon. They're layered organs that run kind of like sedimentary, beautiful striational st- um, striations in sedimentary stone, not stone-like, but to picture what it's like. It's kind of like if you took a bunch of paint and you stirred it together and you could see the different layers. And fascia runs in these different layers throughout your body And the um, connective tissue system has a greater, even greater function when you look at it through how energy is being organized by these processes. And so it's a communication system. It forms a fiber optic like way of communicating and it has way more density of receptors than any other tissue in the human body. It's a sonic system that responds to vibrational frequencies. It's a transportation system. It's responsible for uh, delivering of all your cellular uh, cellular nutrition and um, your fluids and your lymph and your blood. It's a detoxification system for waste removal. And it's a motion system that initiates motion on all levels of your physiology. But the most significant, when you take the whole thing together, you know, you look at the digestive system and you're like, it's about digestion. The fascia's like big arcing thing is this body smart grid. It is the energetic system in the body that exchanges the energy, like the um, smart grid on the planet. So for example, you have high voltage energy that you come in contact with every day. That's like weight load bearing from being in gravity, picking up your weight, picking up your kid, carrying your groceries. That's high voltage. It's high stress into the tissues. And then you have low voltage energy, which is like produced from your um, cells, from your heart beating next to your lungs. It's the reason that you can have energy output from your heart and it doesn't interrupt with the energy output of your lungs. And it's constantly modulating and and kind of distributing this high energy frequency. And it's this fascinating thing because when we move, movement ends up becoming a metabolic process where energy is the, it's the elimination of energy from the system that fascia has metabolized in and through your body. And when you mess up your motion and you restrict certain things, then the body or the fascia connective tissue system starts talking to you and being like, whoa, we have overload here, let's call it pain. This is overload over here and my digestion system is not working. My microbiome is compromised. 
And so it's what's communicating to you the wellness or the state of wellness in your body homeostasis. You described it so beautifully. And by the way, you know, I, I love all the different analogies that you use. When you first started talking about this, you know, you talk about it as an energy grid and, and the striations of like a beautiful layer. Um, something kept popping up in my mind. I'm like, fascia sounds a lot like a mom, like like the mom in the household. It like makes all the systems run, you know. That's where, exactly and, right. And I, and I was like, <laughs> like I don't know if other people are thinking that, but I'm like, fascia sounds really busy. Fascia. You got know a- what's so interesting <laughs> is I actually use that analogy. I'm like, fascia's kind of the conductor of a symphonic orchestra I of motion, it. where every organ is playing, but it doesn't. It has to play in synchronicity. It has to, you know, run smoothly and highly efficiently. And so, yeah, it is the mother conductor of all living things. <laughs> I, I love, love it. it. It's such a great analogy. And we're heading into a quick break. But when we come back, I want to explore what happens when fascia, you know, when the conductor is not working, when things get mm-hmm. stuck. We'll be back after this break. Anna, we're back from the break. We talked about fascia being this this conductor that keeps all of the instruments playing correctly and beautifully to make the orchestra, to make the body work. I know from being on your your website that... um, there are specific areas, you know, that we, and also I just know this from being somebody who drove here in a lot of traffic, you know, in a lot of stress during a, a, a challenging time in my life. I've got a lot going on right now. My mom's been having some health issues. I have a child home with some health issues. I've got client work. You know, I'm experiencing all that modern stress where things get stuck. You know, yeah. let's talk specifically about, you know, how it affects things like head and neck tension. You know, how do we release stress and tension and, and um, make our fascia, you know, more comfortable and use it to mitigate pain? Great. Great question. Okay. So the first thing you have to know about this is that fascia responds first and foremost to load. And the way we load our tissue comes in two forms, psychological loading, the chemical cocktail of hormones and neurotransmitters that creates stress response. That's a type of loading. I call it psychological loading. And it also responds to physical or mechanical loading, like working out, sitting all day or going hard and doing things um, physically. And so all of a sudden, fascia relies on the ability to be efficient at offloading load, at metabolizing and distributing load. One of the things that I think is important to bring up here just for a quick second is that fascia is redefining our perspective of the human body and what it needs for health because fascia is 70% water and 30% fiber. And that means that your body, when it comes to how it relates to load, how it relates to movement, how it relates to stress, how it relates to gravity is more like a water balloon flying through the air than a stick. And so when you start looking at this, different functions are necessary in order to restore fascia to its optimal ability to offload excess load, to be able to metabolize and get rid of the stress that we constantly put on our body. So in this model, instead of seeing pain as something that you are, is because you're not strong enough or you're not stable enough, like you go to physical therapy and I learned this in Pilates that if you have low back pain, it's because you don't have a tight enough core. You don't have strong enough abdominal muscles. If you have head and neck problems, it's because you need to pull your chin back and like pull your shoulders down your back. And it's like all of these locking structural make things more solid to protect 
rather than maybe the answer is that we are so rigid and we are so stuck that we really need to add some water, add some fluid motion, add some lubrication, and pain will actually leave the body system because when you lock it up, you take away the essential ingredient for fascia to be able to be healthy, which is motion. You must have motion on every level of physiology. And so that's the greatest source of um, uh, the, the information of pain that fascia gives the body is that fascia has like about 40% of your sensory nerve endings are free nerve endings. They mean that they're not allocated to like chemicals and sensing light and sensing heat and sensing, you've got all these sensors that are like programmed to read things. And in fascia, they are the most densely populated sensors in the entire body and they're constantly listening. And so when you have a sense of pain, it's the body, it's not a good or bad, it's just information. And it's saying something here in the energy grid is high voltage and it's fritzing out. And I need some help offloading this system. I need help clearing this like load that is pushing in on me and creating um, pain. If you don't learn how to offload fascia, you can easily take these nerve endings and they become no C receptors. They actually will tell your body that it's a, a toxic load. And that's when it can become chronic. That's where chronic pain starts to be complicated with the nervous system. We won't go into that. But what I want to say is that if you don't deal with the initial communication of fascia telling you, hey, we've got high voltage overload here and I need you to do some movement, either clear the psychology or clear the, the um, physical load, I'm going to start having chronic um, you know, messaging telling you I'm in pain. And so the way you have to do that is to start creating hydration in your tissues, start creating flow. And that is usually directly in contrast to the way we actually engage with our bodies in our workouts yeah, absolutely. and in our daily activity. So when you say hydration, because I, I did read a little bit on your website. So you, yeah. are we talking, and just I want to clarify for both myself and maybe a listener, is this adding more water? Is it drinking more water or is it getting our the water that already exists in our body to move? Or is it a combination? That's a really great question. It's a combination, right? So think about all the ways that you engage with water on the planet. Like you can drink water, but that's more kind of like a river flowing through. And it is really important, but it's very difficult for, it's not the system that is used to get water deep into your cells. You need to start having like low, um, like low, it's not like voltage. Let me come back. It's like yeah. this irrigation system where you have slow drip. That's what the word I was trying to come up with. Slow drip um, water. So that comes from actually changing how you consume your hydration. And that's usually through eating your water rather than drinking your water, choosing foods that are high in water content, which when you have that additional fiber, it slows down. It's almost like when water is poured onto, you know, smooth concrete, it creates a flood. But if it goes into gravel, it'll start to distribute and let out and start to move into deeper and deeper cellular restoration. But the second thing about is not just the consumption for hydration. It's actually this mechanism of fascia that when you load um, into it, it's um, and like press into it, it's kind of like a sponge that has water in it and you can push and it will soak in the water and expand and create the hydration as it moves through the system. So it's a hydraulic action that will take the existing water that you give your body and start to move it and distribute it to the places that it needs the most. 
Like my so neck, it's kind of Anna. Like, <laughs> how, how, how do I how do I move my neck so it doesn't feel so uncomfortable? It's so cute. Okay, so here's a really quick, easy tip. Yes. The reason you have neck pain is because of how you're holding your core and how you're placing your ribs. The very first thing that will ever free up your neck is to lift your ribs as much as you can, as high as you can, sticking your chest out, lifting your boobs, lifting your chin, and hanging constantly through you know, um, bathroom stalls, off your corner doors. You have to create more suspension in your upper hemisphere. Your All of our training and all of our lifestyles take out every suspensory system in the body. And so your neck is literally being viced down because all of your structures are sedimentary. They're pulling on you rather than lifting you. I am lifting my ribs right now and I'm so wishing I had like an overhead bar because I would love to, to, to hang. That's such, so that's such a great tip. And it makes so much sense that that, that sort of compression, how, how do well, you look like, go so ahead. Katie, what you want to also do is just a tip for the listeners is like sure. women need to start looking around at their life as a jungle gym. We never have time to be able to like set us. I don't, I mean, yeah. 30 minutes to work out. If I didn't do GST, it would be really hard for me to find the time to like devote to this. And so the idea is like, be like fashion and layer yourself into the day. You should be doing micro movements and looking at the life and being like, where is my jungle gym? I'm waiting for my coffee. I can hang off the handicap ramp poles. Where is my, I just parked my car. I'm going to use the meter to hang off and create some traction and open my ribs. When I'm at my desk and I'm rolling back to get the filing cabinet, I stretch and I create traction. And I just need to learn these things because then life becomes my jungle gym and I'm constantly creating and boosting my metabolism. Fascia is responsible for your base elemental metabolism. And so you can burn all you want, like in calories and cardio, but it's not actually stoking the cellular fire. And that comes through fascia. Anyway, so if you layer it into your day, each moment you're hydrating, opening, offloading stress. It's like this multiple, truly integrative and holistic approach to being able to be healthy. And let's face it, we also don't want to do in our workouts what we did when we were 30. Right. I mean, I hear it all the time. Who wants to go and beat their body up? No absolutely. I think that, you know, that, that's definitely a common refrain in midlife, too. I've had a lot of the fitness experts on the show that come in that talk about like functional fitness versus like, I want to look great in a bathing suit. You know, we want our body yeah. to, to work for the long haul. And when you said micro movements, I nodded my head. I mean, you had me at micro movements because that the, this notion of micro is something we've explored on the show in many different ways. We had a wonderful guest come on, um, Cindy Spiegel, who wrote a book called Micro Joys. And it's about mm. accessing small moments of joy throughout our day in order yeah. to fuel a, a sense, a better sense of self and wellness and well-being versus waiting to just be happy. You know, we can we can yeah. access joy at any time and at any movement, any time, even we're deep in grief. We've had uh, Dr. Christine Coe, who wrote this wonderful um, book and who hosts the podcast, Edit Your Life, talked about the notion of micro goals, right? Sometimes we get in our own way because if we don't have time to do a big, sexy, audacious goal, we do nothing. But we can yeah. take micro steps towards where we want to be. So I love this notion that Fascia can be addressed through micro movements throughout the day. You gave some yes. other great examples. For a listener right now, I mean, I would I would say, please, everyone, you know, head to the GST body. I know Anna's going to share a great offer at the end that she's making available to, to listeners. But there are wonderful examples, both on the website and on your Instagram, of these sort of micro movements. So 
Let's let's talk a little bit about what what uh, micro movements that you use in your day and what you might recommend to a listener if there's like two or three, um, or does it does it depend upon where somebody's struggling in their body, or is there something that's just sort of universally good that people yeah, should be doing? Yeah, it's a great question. I I after twenty five years of trying to explain the most complex human body system. I think a friend, I'm, I've tried to crystallize it down. Everybody needs the same thing on the very most holistic level. And if you look at fascia being a fluid rather than a solid, it works on hydraulics. And so there's three things that your body needs repetitively throughout your day. And one is called, I want you to kind of picture actually before you get it, because you'll understand this. The idea of, do you guys remember those Chinese finger toys where they're woven little stockings and yes. you put your fingers in and yes. they shorten? And so that's a very, very good illustration of how fascia works and that the fibers of that toy would be gel that's like a water gel. And so when you take the finger toy and you shorten it, it's called compression. And then when you pull your fingers against it and you pull back, it's called traction. So you compress and it's like dunking a sweater in water and it loosens the fibers. And then when you pull in traction, it's like pulling the uh, sweater out and all of the water's pulling down and washing the tension out of the fibers. And then the third step is rotation. And rotation is actually wringing out these additional stresses in the tissues. And so when you look at human anatomy and biomechanics, there's every single movement is based on those three steps, compression, traction and rotation. So compression is doing like a primal squat. Okay. That's the most basic form. So find ways to get down on the floor with your kids, find ways to hold on to your coffee table and get into that primal squat. There's a million different exercises, but if you get that idea and start integrating that into your life, the compression moves are bringing your body closer to the center and allowing the tissue. When you compress the tissues get to actually spread kind of like when you put your fist in a ball of dough. The compression actually increases circumference and helps with the length. The second one is traction. So find your sink, your bar on the um, at the you know ramp, the monkey bars at the kids' playground. Um, look around for places to hang your body. And there's a bunch of exercises, but if you understand what traction is, you're looking for ways to pull your body apart. And what's nice is that fascia reworks the idea of strength. For fascia, strength is length. Muscles, we think that strength comes from contracting and shortening a muscle, but for fascia, strength comes from length. So tractioning is a stretch, but also strengthens you. So look for places to hang off of car doors. You're just going to like chain link fences on your walk. I mean, a million different ways to be able to traction. And then the last one is one that's a little bit not harder to do, it's actually easier, but it's something we never do. And rotation is one of the most essential, it's arguably probably more important than the other two, but literally take your arms out to the side. You see this, like if you watch, you know, uh, Chinese people in, in um, uh, the parks, they're constantly taking their arms and rotating and letting their arms hit their body. And one of the benefits of this is number one, organ motility, which is getting your organs to exfoliate and have better cellular turnover for health. But it's also important for spinal activity and tissue health to rotate your spine and rotate your body. So those are the three things that I would encourage you to do right away. Compression, dunk the sweater, traction, pull the sweater, and then rotate and wring it out and you will feel 
a million times better. First of all, this is, I'm, so, by the way, I am doing this with my arms right now. So I, I don't know if anyone can hear me banging my arms against <laughs> my sides while we're doing this. Um, and I, I love um, that you shared such real world practical ways to do this. Like, you know, we've all walked by a fence or we all maybe have like a heavy door that you could hang a door jam or yes. whatever. Because, you know, I know from looking at your website and your Instagram, like a lot of the stuff when you're doing it in in the, in the studio, you have, um, you know, devices that allow people to hang and stretch. And and when I was literally looking at your Instagram last night, I said to my husband, I want Anna to move in with me and do all these <laughs> things. Because I, as I shared, I'm experiencing a moment of extreme stress in my life. I have too much going on that feels very stressful. And I can physically, despite the fact that I'm showing up in my Bikram yoga studio, you know, looking to release this, which it does, I'm still feeling this, these levels of tension. So I so appreciate, I, I haven't been hanging on anything and you better believe I'm going to, I'm like going to go find a chain link fence when this is over and give that a try. What's really nice is when you work with fascia, movement becomes an addiction. You actually, it entices you, it encourages you. It's part of a natural reflex. Actually, you have a fascial reflex that feeds to the same part of the brain where you have thirst and your hunger is oriented. And so fascia is inspiring you to move. And usually a lot of the movements we do, even if it's stretching, like I said, isn't targeting fascial release. There's specific requirements. And so you will start to notice as you traction and as you go about your life, applying more fascial principles, all of a sudden you will crave it and it will inspire you to move rather than you having to like mind over matter. And that's where you really start to feel like all these benefits. It feels like fascia work in GST feels like you've done a deep tissue massage rather than a workout. And in the, in the first like part of my career it was really hard to convince people who are used to, if it doesn't hurt, it's not working, or I want to be tight to be toned. And I had to change people's mind to be like, actually you're way more effective in your workout if you're feeling like you're getting a deep massage. Anyway, so just do it, just implement these little things and then your body will want more and you will find that you it'll be a great compliment to what you're working on in your Bikram. I love that. I, I'm definitely employing some of these techniques. Um, I want to ask you to switch gears for a minute, Anna, and ask you about something that I saw on your website where, where it says that GST can help you develop a strong core without crunches. And this caught my eye for a couple of reasons. I hate crunches. So I was like, tell me more. Tell me more, Anna. <laughs> like, I, I want to know about this. Uh, and I also know from recording this show and having uh, other guests on and from talking to women in my life, um, you know, and, and from talking to different uh, people and like hearing the feedback from listeners, women are often concerned when our midsection changes in midlife. And it happens for a variety of reasons. You know, there's hormonal reasons why your body is changing. You're, you know, if you're not doing a lot of like protein eating and, and muscle building, you're um, less efficient in burning fat. Um, and you know, this is not about, again, losing weight, but this is about, you know, how can I know that the, the core is an important part of like, keeping our whole muscular skeletal system up upright and working well. Um, how can how can we use GST and fascia principles to work our midsections to to develop the strong, important core, you know, without crunches? Great. That's a great question. Um, I'm going to say two different things. One from the and these are fascial lenses, but one of the major reasons that it doesn't matter about age that we actually have problems with our core is because we lock it down and we have been taught that we need to create a solid core, connect your ribs to your hips and tighten your only soft spot in the entire torso. We look at the body and we're like, oh, that must be a wrong design. It's soft. So let's make it hard. And that's the first problem is if you 
create something in your body that is inactive and inanimate, you're taking down the metabolic activity in that area. So if you go out and run a five mile track, you will burn fewer calories than if you run an eight mile track. Most of our core work works on a five mile cr track. We crunch and we crunch and we crunch. What the spine and what the core, the new definition from the fascial perspective is that the core actually is not your abdominals. It runs the entire length of your central nervous system from the base of your skull in your brain to the base of your tailbone. And your core is supposed to be the most animated and active dynamic part of the human body. It is what houses the central nervous system and all your vital organs. And so you have to change your perspective of core where we're not looking for solid. We're looking to make the body move and the spine move in the widest ranges of motion possible. We want that torso to run a 10 mile track every time we're moving it. And so all of a sudden core work is not a sit up. Core work is side bending, rotating, spiraling, hinging, um, all these, like there's eight spiral mo or spinal motions that have to be dynamically worked to be able to move. If you want a very simple way to start changing your core, lift your ribs and start stretching your diaphragm uh, because stress also puts weight in the center of your body and shuts down your organs from being able to have highly effective metabolism. So that starts without even doing a single crunch in the world. Then once your colon is contracting synchronistically with your esophagus and food is moving efficiently and nutrients are being extracted, then you can go in and start to shape and contour your core with really huge spinal movements. And that will keep your torso running on a uh, 10 mile track. Do you know, if you look at body types, you have long torsos and you have short torsos. Yes. I call them axial advantages and appendicular advantages. <laughs> Do you ever see a long torsoed woman with really flabby middle? Hardly um, ever. Probably Hardly not. Ever. Almost yeah. every model that you ever see has a nice long torso, might have long limbs too, but the longer the torso, the longer the muscles have to stretch and the greater activity they have to and energy they have to produce. Shorter waisted women who have long limbs have beautiful limbs. Their limbs are toned and long, but their torsos are short and they really struggle to get a nice um, abdominal and, and core. They are taught to do crunches and they're shortening the distance between their muscles have to actually run and move. So there's a lot of different things that you can address first before you're like, how many more core exercises am I going to do, which locks me out, which decreases my organ motility, which makes my muscles pull at shorter distances and overall locks up hormonal distribution um, of your hormones. So it's kind of this base. Fascia shows you that if you deal with fascia, you'll have less symptoms to monitor in the other um, things that you're trying to change in your body. This is so fascinating. And Anna, you're reminding me when you're talking about the core is, is sort of from your, um, you're reminding me of when I had a pelvic floor therapist come on. Her name is Dr. Ann um, Duke. And she shared again about one of like the most, uh, we were talking about pelvic floor health and sexual wellness. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, one of the key exercises you can do is deep breathing. You know, yep. and that you really need to think, she she too was saying to you, like, let's stop thinking of just your abdominal muscles. You have a pelvic canister and the, canis yes. the canister has to work well to make all of your functions work. It's for bowel health. It's for, you know, bladder incontinence, less painful sex. And, you know, if you're, if you're toned well, it's working better metabolically. But, you know, the, uh, the a potential upside is 
you know, having um, you know, the fitting into your skinny jeans, although that, that is that is not the the, the goal. But um, we all want it, though. Don't I mean, we want both. Right. We want bodies that feel good and also look good. Right. And I was after that. I mean, I don't think that that's a shame. I think that what we've been doing is that we do things to favor the aesthetics and then we end up in our you know midlife being like, oh, my God, now everything else is falling apart. What did I do wrong? Because I tried so hard. A lot of my people are like, I followed all of the right things and I did everything that people was telling me. And it's opposite to everything you're telling me to do. Opposite. And I'm like, I know, I'm really sorry. <laughs> but there's a new way and it'll fix really quickly if you just pay attention to fascia. Exactly. Oh, I, this is why we have these conversations because we yeah. learn a lot of things in midlife. And, and you know, the... the um, Brit, I wanted to have this conversation with you because I knew that you brought a new lens to this that not everyone's familiar with. And I myself have heard of, you know, fascia exercises. I think I first encountered the term when I was reading Goop at one point. You know, I I, I know what it is. I was actually fascinated in prepping for this show to learn. I, I still thought more of it as connective tissue. I was fascinated to learn more about uh, how it fascia has nerves and that it's, it's regulating our nervous system as well. It's so it's so Key, um, clear to me that um, we need to treat our health holistically. I've learned that a lot from from creating this show, from talking mm-hmm. about menopause, talking about how you know the loss of estrogen impacts every um, organ of your body. And you know sometimes people think menopause means you're just not getting your periods any longer. You know I, I think yeah. getting to midlife teaches us that we need to approach things holistically in order yes. to drive the results that allow us to thrive and feel good. Um, totally we're heading into, you know, the near the, the latter part of our show, we're going to move into a speed round in a few minutes, but I do okay. want to give you the, the chance a little bit to talk about, I know that you sort of work in three main practice areas, movement medicine, which we talked about for pain, conscious conditioning, you know, being intentional about caring for your fascia, but there's also something called athea aging. And I would yes. love just sort of a top line of what the aging component is and, and why in midlife where most of my listeners are, is it really... Is it too late to do something? And, you know, what are the changes that we should be making to make sure that we're going to, you know, have active aging? Such a great uh, question. Um, Okay, so Althea Aging as our program just is really encouraging, you know, the life cycle is that you start at a certain place in what you think, and then you end up in a totally different place. And that's the beauty of aging, right? Is that we get wiser and we get more refined and we get more cultivated in, in curating our lives so that we do things that are better rather than more. And the quality is better than quantity. And so um, we want to apply that to our body care. And so uh, most people come in with some brokenness in their body and movement medicine is really kind of the answer to fixing those things and starting to heal. And conscious conditioning is for the people who just want to have a, a fascia focused fitness that is not undermining their goals for longevity in their body. And then Althea aging is like the sustainability. And fascia allows us to address very specifically all of these stages in life because it's full body and it's the foundational system of everything else. And so obviously in aging, you want to focus on, you know, all types of fluid um, production, right? Um, healthy lymph detoxification, things slow down, our tissues naturally get rigid. We want to be able to focus on cognitive health. We want to create synovial fluid. We want to, so we target a little bit more of the like um, smarter, not harder 
instead of trying to peak and optimize performance, Althea Aging is like, I just want my body to run the long race. I just want to be able to be 80 and get down on the floor with my grandkids. And so it's kind of designed, it's not gentle, more or less gentle than anything else. It's really just this drive towards can I do this and sustainably? And if you apply the fascial principles, you still have the aesthetics. You still look your best at 50 and at 60, but then you start feeling your best at 50 and 60. And I constantly hear that is that people come back and they're like, I feel better than I did when I was in my thirties working out five times a day or a week. Sorry. What a you beautiful, can also do that what five a times beautiful... a day. There are those people, but we don't suggest that. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so anyway, I think that it's just kind of like the life cycle of what your body's in and just really loving it where it is. And I call it body care, not fitness, because body care is first, you start with the fact that you're a carbon life form and that you are your body and it's not separable. And then you want and love and appreciate it. And then you invest in it. And it's not something that you go out and have to get done in a list of things to do. It's like, this is my sacred time. This is the way that I choose to embody my life. And because fascia allows you to take care of everything, like everything, then all of a sudden you're doing one thing that is so nutritious that all these other things, you don't have to worry so much about what am I eating? Like your body's metabolism is showing up. So have your wine and a cake too, and then go out and just feel good in your body. And so I think that that's kind of the freedom that fascia offers us as women who are aging is that beauty can look different. Vitality is totally accessible and that it's never too late. In fact, fascia is restoring faster than any other cellular tissue in your body. So within three months, you can have significant, I think something like 60% of your fascial tissue is new, is new. Wow. And so within a, like six to nine months, you are capable of remodeling your body. And that was maybe another one point that I would say is that because of my issues and because of my injuries, and my just stuff, I wanted to remodel. I didn't want to just roll out and feel good. And then I'd go to dance and my symptoms would come back. And I was like, I just can't, my body can't be something I manage. Another thing in life I manage. And I want to live freely inside of my body. And so that's what fascia, the gears of GST were like, sustainable and longevity and permanence inside of impermanence, right? Um, so there's all these spiritual lessons too with fascia, but that's kind of, you know, that's such what a beautiful aging is directed towards. That's such a beautiful way of looking at it, feeling comfortable inside my body. I think getting to midlife allows us to feel a lot more comfortable in our in mm -hmm. our mind and in our, our attentions, our goals. It's very clarifying. But this this beautiful notion of feeling comfortable in your body and, and, and caring for it for the long haul is something that's just so intriguing. I have so enjoyed this conversation. I'm going to encourage mm -hmm. all anyone who's listening to it to go check out GST Body at the end when we wrap, we'll, we'll direct you to where to go and, and we'll tell you about the offer that Anna has for you all, which I know personally I would be taking advantage of because as I said, when I looked at her <laughs> Instagram, I want Anna to move in with me and have her <laughs> help me with all these exercises because they look amazing. But I we, would love it. <laughs> but we are moving into our speed round. This is just one to two um, word answers to my you know, quick question to kind of end on a high energy note. Are you Great. ready? Let's do it. Okay. Let's see. Creating GST body and launching it out into the world felt? Uh, like an effort of joy. Nice. I start every morning with this GST body movement. Traction. I end every day with this GST body movement. Mindful compression. Ooh. Um, what does that look like? What's mindful compression? 
<laughs> it actually allows me to decompress the rest of the body. It's an exercise that we do in our movement meditations that I can show you sometime. Okay, nice. All right. I understand that people are busy, but I wish women would prioritize this one key move for better fascia health. Ooh. Traction. Traction. Okay. Find those chain link fence, ladies. Uh, Find that chain link fence. <laughs> think about adding this fascia-friendly food or beverage to your diet. Mm, chia seeds. Chia seeds. Okay. Even fitness and wellness practitioners get stressed. What is something that helps you manage daily stress beyond GST? So great. What's funny is that it becomes a lifestyle and the same principles that I use to take care of my body are the exact principles that I use to de-stress my mind. Exact. Nice. Okay. Finally, your one word answer to complete the sentence, as I age, I feel. More at home. Love it. So beautiful. Anna, this has been such a fantastic conversation. I, I am so intrigued by your work. I, I think it's, it's so special. You explained it so well. I love all your analogies. This was absolutely a treat. Um, Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. I'm, I really love being able to share um, just what fascia can do. It's life-changing. And so I want to be able to share that gift. Yeah. And you, 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 you bring such enthusiasm to it and explain it so well. So before our listeners, though, say, you know, before we say goodbye, how can our listeners find you, learn more about GST Body and your work and, and your offerings? Great. The landing ship, the mothership, I would go to AnnaRay.com. It's a great place to land. And then you can get to the online studio and the GST body um, uh, um, shop, body shop. But it's Anna, A-N-N-A-R-A-H-E. It's pronounced Ray, like ray of sunshine, but it's more phonically rawy. So that's again, Anna, A-N-N-A-R-A-H-E.com. And if you sign up for my newsletter, I answer and communicate directly with people. So I really like the connection that I can make and help people. So email me. But if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get 10% off um, of any kind of um, service or subscription um, to get you just started and um, trying out uh, how fascia can help you. I love that. So if you sign up for Anna's newsletter, 10% off, this is going to help you run the long race. And we are here for it. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. Want more of A Certain Age? Sign up for our newsletter, Age Boldly, over on our website, acertainagepod.com, or follow us on Instagram at acertainagepod. We share bonus content, giveaways, links, and midlife resources. Come hang out. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time, and until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.